ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Brought to you by Zadok Jewelers, KFNC and KFNC HD2, Mont Bellevue, Houston. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank on Branham, taught the show on the Twitch. Uh, I'm expecting a big bounce back year from Hunter Brown. I hope so. Um, He looked really good in the first couple months of the year and then did not look so good. It was interesting reading that Hunter Brown uh, piece by Chandler Roman, the athletic. They're saying that he's kind of working on a new pitch where he's trying to slow down that little cutter uh, that he throws that you know people call it a hard slider. He can't throw it for a strike. So it'll be interesting. J.P. France says that he's working on a new pitch but doesn't want to say what it is yet. So we can watch, I guess, nice little, sp- uh, I guess, tease for spring training. But I'm excited for uh, pitchers and catchers, certainly. Me too. Uh, it'll be uh, fun to see them uh, hit Hit the, uh, hit the see Hater in an Astros uniform. That'd be Pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. I like to see what they're working on. You know, like seeing that Hunter Brown's working on stuff. J.P. France is working on stuff. I would really like if Christian Javier worked on stuff. I would like to see him get a, a sinker to his arsenal to play off that fastball, but I haven't heard any stories about that. Maybe maybe it's coming, though. Uh, Houston Texans, the, the Super Bowl odds for next year have already been released uh, according to oddschecker.com. They have the Houston Texans tied for the 10th best odds to win the Super Bowl. Uh, tied with Green Bay at plus 2,500. The teams ahead of them, San Fran at plus 450. Baltimore at plus 700. Kansas City plus 850. Buffalo plus 1,200. Cincinnati and Dallas at plus 1,500. Detroit and Philly at plus 1,700. And the Dolphins at plus 2,000. Uh, are the Texans in the right spot here? What, how many teams are ahead of them? They're tied for 10th. Yeah, I think they're they're fairly rated for now, but I, I kind of like the fact that they can still be an underdog. They're not getting too much credit, but I think that they are in a really good position, as we've talked about, with both utilizing the, the draft assets and the money that they have and the flexibility that they can work with, that I think they can easily climb at least halfway up that ladder pretty quickly. I, I like the fact that they're not going to be coming in with a first-place schedule and too much is going to be expected of them. But I think on based how quickly that they were able to kind of speed up the process of the rebuild to getting to the point where people are truly respecting them as a very good playoff caliber football team, I, I like them right where they're at right for right now. So you like their value? Would you play them at plus twenty five? I certainly would. I think hundred dollars to win twenty five. Yeah, I think you could make some cash on that. The, um, I mean, they have to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I would. I would do it more so in terms of can I do it to make the Super Bowl or to make the AFC Championship game? Well, now it's not plus twenty five hundred. Oh, well. <laughs> That's drastically different. <clears throat> I think the schedule the is going to be the biggest detriment to that team making another huge leap next year. Okay. Yeah. See, I agree. And I, I you said cut it in half. I, I don't like. Uh, I'm bullish on the Texans' future. I'm not there yet on cutting it in half because that means that now you're looking at the Texans as a top five team to win the Super Bowl. I, look, they have money to spend. They have their allotment of draft picks for the most part. They're not passing San Francisco. They're not passing Baltimore. They're not passing Kansas City. I don't love Josh Allen in Buffalo, but that's a that's a team that likes to be bet on. So they're not passing them. Cincinnati? Are they passing Cincinnati? No. So they beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati. I'm kind of on the fence on that one. Are they passing Dallas in Super Bowl odds? So the other thing you have to consider here is the NFC is easier to you get through. And now said you're a today, game away from winning the Super Bowl if you get to the Super Bowl. Jura said today that he's going all in on next season. Forget the draft, forget the future. 
They're going oh, really? all in. Oh, okay. That'll be fun to see. Yeah. I like a, I like an aggressive Jerry Jones. It's good entertainment. Uh, Cincinnati, I'm going to give a tie. Dallas, are they are they going to pass Dallas this offseason? No. No. I, see, I think they're probably capable of being better than Dallas, but because Dallas is in the NFC, their path to get to the Super Bowl is easier. And if you get to the Super Bowl, now you're a game away. Are they passing Detroit plus 1,700? Uh, no. I don't think there's any chance. Philadelphia, I don't think that there's any chance. No. Miami, maybe Miami. Depending on what you feel about Tua, so that's what seven teams that we just rattled off. I don't, I don't see how the Texans can cut their tenth place in half to five. Yeah, I mean, and for me, it's like if you're if you want to bet the Texans to win the Super Bowl, this is going to be your best opportunity to do it for value, for value. But like, I don't think it's their best opportunity to win. No, but like if you felt like you had the the want to bet it this year for some reason. I would advise doing it right now. See, I disagree. I think next year is because I think that the likelihood no, of them winning a Super Bowl is higher next year. That if I'm like, even if I get it at plus two thousand next year, I think I have a much better chance to win it next year at plus two thousand. Where I think you're kind of setting money on fire with this. No, sorry. What, I, what I'm saying is like, if you're hell bent on making this bet and that they're going to win the Super Bowl in 2025, you should probably make it right now before free agency in the draft. I don't think these odds are going to worsen. At any point before the season. Oh, if you're, yeah, yeah. I see. Like, yeah, like yeah. they're only going to climb if they pull up, if they, what if they sign T. Higgins? What if they, you know, they do a big sexy splash move in the offseason? Their odds will probably get worse. To, no, I like, agree with that. The, the, their longest odds will be plus 2,500 this yeah. year. I don't, I'm not going to go as far to say that they're going to cut it in half, though. I'm not going to say that they're going to get it to plus 1250 or be top five in the NFL. They could. Do you think they can get the top five in the NFL? See, I thought. What are they, they doing in free agency? Well, I guess top it five in the NFL. Well, what's my timeline restriction here? Because like, if we're pulling between now to opening day, oh, then no, yeah, then no. See, I think the like I said, the biggest detriment to me is the fact that that first place schedule is going to be a bear for anybody, and I really believe that they're going to continue to get better. I really believe that they have they're going to utilize all the assets in front of them, and I'm really excited about it. I'm just. I'm just not. It's going to be tough to overcome that hurdle as opposed to the soft schedule they had a year ago. The um, here a few texts on this seven one three seven eight zero ESPN one seven one one. According to the colors, it'll be Eagles, Ravens, or Jets, Vikings. That's that has been dis- that's been disproven. That's been dismissed. The Ravens had to get to the Super Bowl this year to continue that trend. That trend is over. That script has been flipped. So you can get rid of that theory, mm-hmm. one seven one one. Now, if the Ravens would have made it, though, it would have it would have held true because it was blue and red. Zero eight nine one Dallas making a Super Bowl before Houston is hilarious. Okay, you're not really grasping the conversation because I agree. I don't think Dallas will make a Super Bowl before Houston. In fact, I have a bet with a very loyal listener that the Texans will win a Super Bowl before the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. But we're talking about value. And the betters betting on that value. The Dallas Cowboys are a very popular team to bet on, first and foremost. And then secondly, you have to account for the path to get to that Super Bowl. Uh, Dallas is in a much weaker NFC, so their odds of winning the Super Bowl are going to be much better uh, than the Texans, even if you believe the Texans are a better team than the Cowboys. And it's also implying just the one year. It's not saying Dallas is making a Super Bowl before Houston ever. It's saying who has the easier path, where's the best value to get to the Super Bowl or actually to win the Super Bowl this year. I agree that the Texans will win a Super Bowl before the Cowboys, but the Texans will never have better value in this upcoming, right, after right. this year, the 2024 Super Bowl, than the Dallas Cowboys do. They, just, they won't. Yeah, no, look, I, I, like I said, I, I'm excited about these odds for, for years to come. Uh, the reason why I wouldn't bet on this is just because of the fact that, that the schedule is, is very, very dooming to me 
in terms of how many tough games that they're going to have to beat. I, I, I think that they can win the division, but, man. Well, if they, you win the division, now you're in the tournament. I mean. Yeah, I think they can get in one way or another. I think they could be a wild card. I think they can win the division, but that schedule to me is going to be daunting. Yeah, I think this is fair where they have them. Uh, teams that are above them, like does Green Bay have better odds? Like Green Bay is actually tied with the Texans, plus 2,500 here. Um, Green Bay, weaker NFC. I think the Texans are a better team. Texans better quarterback. Yeah, but Green Bay's in a weaker division, so I don't think it's like it's not unfair to me is that it? Green Bay and Houston's at plus 2,500. Do you think the NFC North is weaker than the... I think the NFC is a weaker conference than the, the AFC. Well, you said Absolutely. division. Conference, yeah, but division is different. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to win. I meant to say conference. Okay. And you have to get to, you have to get through the conference to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, no, that's true. If you're in the weaker conference, your odds are going sure. to be yep. lower by default. Yeah, like when I, when I first saw this, like, there's a reason why the 49ers are number one because no matter what happens on the 11th or whenever the Super Bowl is, like, mm-hmm. they're going to be the betting favorite. They should be. Next year, Brock Purdy could be absolutely awful in the Super Bowl, but the NFC is not good. Like, I don't think the Eagles are going to have some miraculous turnaround next year. I think their problems are much deeper. I don't. I don't really think Kellen Moore is this like savior to their offensive staff. And like, I guess Detroit is the next team, but even then, like, I don't. I don't really believe that. It's still Jared Goff. Like, I only. Like maybe there's five teams in the NFC that I think are threats, and maybe only four. Depends on what you think of Dallas, what you think on Philly. Like San Francisco, I would say is a threat. Detroit's a threat. Detroit could have beat mm-hmm. San Francisco in this game. Um, are the Eagles? Are the Cowboys? Like they have to have good off seasons. Like people would say well, no Eagles on the Cowboys because of Mike team. McCarthy. Like people would dismiss the Cowboys right away because of Mike McCarthy. Yeah, but but I mean, look, I think now people view Philadelphia a whole lot different than obviously last year they made the Super Bowl. I don't think that the, the they got some challenges. You're right. Offseason challenges are going to try to maintain everybody that they have, but that's a loaded roster. Absolutely. Like yeah. I think that there's one. I think there's four teams in the NFC that are threats to win the conference next year. I think it's San Francisco. I think it's Detroit. I think it's Philadelphia and maybe Dallas. That's it. That's it. Like, if you look at the AFC, you're playing a wild card game against Miami. Now, that's how difficult the gauntlet is in the AFC versus the gauntlet in the NFC. I know how how Joe feels about this. I don't know that he can give give me a rational answer, but I'll give you the ability to get. You don't think Green Bay could win? they, They gave San Francisco, they beat Dallas in Dallas. They they were beating San Francisco for three quarters. And, and were, looked like they were in control of that football game. As much as I will be the first to tell you about their quarterback, they're the youngest roster in the NFL, and they competed pretty hard this year. I think you could throw them in that mix. Yeah, I think they're the, probably that next year. I like I like where the Packers are going. I, I really like that roster. I think I've been more bullish on that roster than you have. Yeah. And I've liked the trio of well, receivers. And I haven't crapped on the roster, but it, the fact is they, again, like Philadelphia, but in a different way, they have underutilized and, and yeah. under-maximized a lot of talent, young talent on that team with the fact that they spent so many high draft picks on defense and the defense wasn't good. I think you've crapped on the roster a bit. <laughs> you've crapped on love a bit. You've crapped on the, oh, there's the no younger. There's no doubt I've crapped on love. And you, and you crapped and on the young receivers. And deserved the whole first half of the season. And you crapped on the young receivers early. You said that they, they need catch. to get like established. There you go. You're crapping and, on the receivers. Well, they, 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 <laughs> the they, 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 they struggle <laughs> catching and Watson can't stay on the field. I think yeah, he's he, the, You're right. He he's can't. the one where I agree with you. He's, can't, he, he's Adonis. And the fact that he, you as an organization and a head coach have said, we are going to spend the entire offseason trying to figure out how we can keep his hamstrings healthy. Yeah. That's a problem he, for a he's, team? He's literally Will Fuller. 
Oh my god, I completely agree. 100%. Honestly, I've like, used the comparison. If I was going to bet on an NFC team, I'm taking I'm taking the Rams. Six eight five six. Don't just, forget the Rams. I'm doubling down after this year. The, the thing with the Rams is, other than Stafford, they're pretty dang young. Do you like, believe they in Puka? Puka? Yeah, I do. You think he's long term? Yeah, I top do. ten fantasy wide receiver, big time production. I, I drafted my first 2024 fantasy football team yesterday, <laughs> I, and I, I drafted Puka in the first round. Wow! Yeah, Puka's the first round fantasy receiver. I'm going to win that bet with Brian McDonald. Uh, he, we and I, we, he and I bet that Puka would would. I said that he'd be a first round receiver. He said he would not. And he's. I think he's going to be clearly a first round receiver. And he's going there now. His ADP's already there, and it's not going to go backwards. So I like, and the Rams defense is actually not bad either. Like everybody talks about Donald, but you have these two third rounders who are like significant NFL pieces. I I, I like the Rams roster. The thing that I my hang-up with the Rams is they're not as talented as those other top NFC teams. And then secondly, while their entire roster is young and trending towards the top, their best players are old in Stafford yeah. and Donald. So it's like once you lose Stafford, you're going to really have to attack quarterback to try to keep up with all the young players. So like, it's not a perfect mess. And their offensive lineman, which has been a strength, continues to get older. Their running game is eh. Um. Yeah. I and I think that they've they've whittled away a lot of their best defensive players, not named Aaron Donald, in the last several years because of how big they were in cap hell. Yeah. Triple zero two. Wasn't there a degenerate gambler in Reno bragging about having a Texan Super Bowl bet that would have paid him over seven million? Uh, then again, it's Instagram, so grain of salt. He also lost. Like it was cool that he got close, but he also lost that bet. He also lost that bet. Uh, 214 area code. I don't know where 214 area code is from. Oh, there you go. He says, y'all giving D'Amico way too much credit after one season. So there's a 214 area code in Dallas uh, not talking in the highest uh, remarks to D'Amico. I I think that it's fair to look at the Houston Texans kind of critically. Like, okay, year one, soft schedule. D'Amico year one, rookie quarterback. I think next year, like, we think that the Texans are going in the right way. And I do believe they're going in the right way. Even if they take a step back next year, I believe they're going in the right way. Next year is going to be a huge litmus test to where they Without are question. relative to the rest of the league. Like I said, because of the schedule, because of the fact that you're not a team that has to get creative like we've seen teams in the past have to do to juggle the salary cap, to try and get more cash, to try either to not to, to first of all and foremost try to retain the guys you want to keep, but then to be able to go out and improve through more ways than the draft. Everything is laid out on the table for you to have massive success if you play your cards right. But you've got a whole lot of card playing to do, and you've got a seat at the table. But now, because of that and how I've gone in on the schedule, you're right. They could they could conceivably take a step back this next year, but it, it will not derail them from the progress they're making going forward for the long term. It could be 16 Astros. 713-780-ESPN-HRNP listener line. It's a good problem to have for the Texans, but I believe that John Grenard threw a wrinkle into their plan. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank. I'm Branham. 713-780-3776. We'll get to the Grenard throwing a wrinkle into the Texans plans in a moment. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line, though, for Mark. Mark, you're in the hive of the Bees. What's going on, Mark? Hey, man. How y'all doing, man? Uh, I'd like to uh, say something about uh, 
Jabari, man. Jamari, man. With, with, with Jabari in the lineup, man, the Rockets, man, look like a total, just a whole different team with his defense. And also with Cam uh, Whitmore. That his jumper, man, he got to, they're going to have to put him in the lineup, man, because his jumper and his, and his uh, three-point shot and his way to get to the basket and stuff, yeah. man. They, they ain't going to be in the But also, man, slow it. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. There we go. <laughs> I mean, Mark, it says one thing and you went another. You, he, you went basketball on us in a football thing, but let's he, get, he, let's get to slow it. He's getting there. Mark's getting there. Yes, sir. But I'm just, uh, you know, I'm going to go and say it's on you off the line and stuff. Uh, but Sloic, man, I think Sloic might be going back to Washington, man, because uh, you know he got a uh, – he used to be the uh, – I think uh, some kind of coach on the yeah. team and stuff mm-hmm. back in the day and stuff. So I'll take it out there, man. Y'all have a good day. Bye. All right. Appreciate you. Thanks yeah. for the call, Mark. Mark you want to talk to Jabari first? Sure, if you want. <laughs> no, He's fine. all over the place. I like. I love Jabari's Look, game. Look, you know what? Fan. One thing I've really noticed about that is the fact that uh, Udoka really has a lot more uh, confidence in him and really believes when they ask him questions now, you know, because he went through that stint where he was sitting them. But he said, you know, and he addressed it again last night. He's not afraid to sit guys that don't deserve to be on the floor in the fourth quarter. I love that about mm-hmm. him. But when I mean, he, he said, only did it to Jabari like twice. Like he did it to Shingun once, he yeah. did it to Green several, several times. times. But when he got Jabari, he's getting Jabari back. He's like, what is Jabari going to bring the table for? He said everything. I mean, he said scoring and rebounding and a guy we can go to to get a bucket. And I, that surprised me a little bit that he looks at him as a go-to guy to get a bucket too. But he has a lot of confidence. And when your coach believes in you, look, and he comes right back and he gets you big numbers last night. He's great to have on the floor. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, he can. He, he he's always capable of getting a shot off. Like he's tall and has a good shot. So I think you can kind of go to him and always know that you have a chance to knock down a like a shot. Uh, Whitmore is exciting to me. I'm curious who he would want him to start over. Uh, I have no problem with Whitmore currently coming off the bench. Like get him minutes, let him play. I don't need to see any more Jay Sean Tate. Like once Tari comes back, Tate needs to be out of the rotation. But I'm cool with Cam Whitmore being your your excitement, your energy off the bench right now. I'd leave him as coming off the bench because, like you said, we don't know when Tari's coming back. But until he does, you need a guy that can be impactful and and bring some energy off the bench. And Cam Phil, look. He was the microwave last night. I mean, he got out there and had more points than he had minutes. I mean, that's crazy. He was all over the place. And you can't expect that every night from him. But then when Tari comes back, you got two guys that can come in and take advantage of the other team's second unit and put you in an advantageous situation. Yeah. Uh, Cam, he's a, he's a lot of fun to watch. Now, the Slowick thing, I think that Slowick has a pretty good chance of going to Washington, like 35% chance, but it's not because he used to be a defensive assistant there in 2011 yeah, no. through 2013. It would be because they're offering him a chance to be a head coach and paying him a lot of money. Uh, him being there in the past, that I mean, it's a different regime. It's different ownership than it was back then. So I don't see any correlation of him being an assistant then uh, to getting a head coaching job Nothing there now. Nothing at all. If anything, it's what have you done? for me lately and looking at the fact that what he did in one year uh with a guy you know with a a rookie quarterback was unbelievable and so if they are truly going to use their their you know number two pick on a quarterback you could do a lot worse than a guy that's already been in that situation been there done that and done it well yeah, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. So I think John Grenard kind of and it's a good problem to have, but I think John Grenard unintentionally threw a wrinkle into the Texans plans. If you would have told Nick Casario 12 months ago that John Grenard's going to have a 12-and-a-half sack season and he's going to be one of the hottest defensive ends entering free agency, 
I don't think that they would have believed it. I don't think that in their wildest imagination that John Gr- especially in a year where you traded up for Will Anderson to play the opposite defensive end, that Will that uh, Grenard would have put himself in this spot. So I don't think that Casera and like not that you would go around planning like GM should always be looking at the future. I don't think that you're looking about what you're doing with Grenard twelve months from the time that you actually have to do something with John Grenard. But I don't think that Nick Casario in his wildest imaginations expected John Grenard to be this much in demand and command a salary what we think he is going to command. Uh- yeah, I agree. So it's interesting in the fact that, like, okay, well, what do you do now with John Grenard? Because you didn't expect this from John Grenard 12 months ago. Well, the talent that, you know, you hire, and the reason why you hired Nick as a talent evaluator is partly because of this, too, because you have to adapt constantly on the fly. And on the fly, because you have this problem in front of you, and you and I have discussed this a couple of times, you can't be now basing every any decision that you make on what he's done for you. It's now taking a totally different mindset of saying, can I see him doing this for me in the future for multiple years? And can we sync up where he thinks he, how many years he should get and what he's worth with what we think we can get for him, get out of him and what he's worth. And I don't know that they can, because as we both have been very staunch about, look, he's been dinged up. He's been hurt a majority of his career here. Now he's had good years too, but are you going to bet on paying him for half his salary? Because essentially, you're going to pay him the full salary, but are you only going to get half the amount of time out of him because he's going to be dinged up a lot? Or, if you're Nick Casario, the same way he's been able to do this at other positions, if you think he's overpricing himself and you think teams are going to overpay him, can you find someone of equal or better value or similar value at a lot lesser price? It's also like the Will Anderson part of this is interesting too because the moment that you trade for Will Anderson, he is your alpha defensive end. And like, hey, having two great defensive ends is not a problem. It'd be really cool to have Will Anderson who plays at a very high level and then couple him with a guy who you can count on for double digit sacks. Now, can you count on him for double digit sacks? He's done it once in his career and has had some proneness to injury. Now, Texans cap over the cap does really good work with salary cap stuff, which can be very confusing in the NFL. He he gave two projected offers for John Grenard. One was a team-friendly contract, and one was a player-agent-friendly uh, contract. Let's look at the team-friendly one first, and if you would do this, and you can cap and trade.football or just find him on Twitter at TexansCap. It does really good stuff with the financial aspect of the salary cap. Uh, Texans bring – I'm not going to get into like the guarantees. I'm just going to talk about an AAV and then a percentage of the salary cap. $46.5 million for three years. So that would be an AAV of $15.5 million, and it would take up 6.4% of the projected salary cap. Are you good with that for John Gernard? I am. I, I would consider that because of the fact that it's not as long as I was thinking he was going to be asking for. And I think that we were kind of calculating him more closer uh, to the to the 20 range. So between 17, 18, 19, 20, if you get him at 15 and change for three years and where it sits with the rest of the cap money then you then have to spend, then I'm definitely entertaining that. That one feels too good to be true. Like I feel like, yes, the answer for me is yes, a hard yes, hurry up and sign on the mm-hmm. dotted line. Yep. Yes, absolutely, as quickly as you possibly can. Let me sign it before you change your mind. That seems incredibly team-friendly where he, there's no chance he's doing it, in my opinion. I, I don't think that he does a, a three-year contract worth $15.5 million per year. 
Offer two, which I think this one's a, a lot more reasonable, and you can make the case that this one might be even a little bit team friendly. Uh, fifty four point seven five million, so just a little bit under fifty five million, also for three years, not the mm. fourth year, which is kind of big. I like the three year aspect of it, not the four year aspect of it, but just under fifty five million, three years. It comes in at eighteen and a quarter, eighteen point two five, and this would be seven and a half percent of the uh, salary cap. Little higher than I would like, but of course, because of the year he's have having, and because on the open market, someone's going to be willing to overpay him. Uh, that you're going to probably be in a bidding war with. I'm still definitely considering this. I still probably would do this deal because, again, because like you said, it's only a three year deal. And I think when you start looking at the market going rate, the biggest thing that you're going to have to consider is just like I said, his health. Can he stay healthy for the majority of this contract? Because other than that. The fact that it's short-term in three years, the fact that you didn't go over 20, the fact that you still get a substantial, the majority of your cap space to deal with the rest of your issues and what you want to do and how you want to use it, I, I'd still definitely be, I'd be okay with this deal. Um, I think, I, Jeremy, I actually think he's going to get closer to 20. See, I, I, I think the ballpark's between 17 and 20. Uh, it depend, and it depends. Like if, if, Gar- if there's if, a market at all with multiple teams, I think he's going to get 20. If he, if he gets a free agency, I think it's going to be closer to 20 than 17. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if he just like lo- like really wants to be here, and we always caution people, like, hey, a lot of times guys that are getting paid for the very first time don't really give you the hometown discount. Sometimes you do, but it's very rare. If you can get a deal done before free agency, that's where I could see it being around 18. Okay, But yeah, once he that. enters the open market, I, I tend to agree with you that it's going to be much closer to 20. The three-year deal of it, like that, that gives me more optimism that he's still here. Eighteen and a quarter—that's kind of high. I might buy the, bite the bullet and do it for eighteen and a quarter. You start to get over eighteen and a half—that's not something I love. Uh, Nine seven eight zero. Give me—he uh, said Jared Allen, but I think he means Josh Allen. Josh Allen give me yeah. Josh Allen, even at a higher price tag. Josh Allen's a better football player than John Gernard. There is no debate about that. Agreed. He's been more consistent. He's uh, his his sack total has been higher than John Gernard at their very very best. He doesn't have the injury proneness that John Gernard has had in his career. I can't imagine that Jacksonville lets Josh Allen go. No, I, I can't either. I think they franchise tag him at, at at worst, and I think they try to lock him up quickly at best. Now the caveat to this is Calvin Ridley's also a free agent. So, which of the two are you more likely to tag? There's no doubt Josh Allen or Calvin Ridley. I think it's an easy answer to me because I, I've seen enough in Josh in Calvin Ridley this year that I have serious questions about him and paying him a, a lot of money and in a lot of years. I think that I had questions with his route running, his effort, uh, his hands, uh, and and yeah, I know he's coming back and he was getting back. In, there was a lot of inexcusables to me and a lot of things with attitude that concerned me where you look at Allen and go, that's the kind of dude that I want to build my defense around. That's a dude that I want on my football team. That's an easy one for me. Uh, it's an easy one for me, too. I'm right there with you. I would prioritize Josh Allen way before I prioritized uh, Calvin Ridley. I can't imagine that Josh Allen enters free agency as much as I would like the idea of Josh Allen Ooh, pairing boy, up with a duo with Will Anderson. I, I don't see it happening. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Do you give Grenard that three-year, 18-and-a-quarter-per-year uh, contract? 713-780-3776. Also, it's trade rumor season, February 8th trade deadline, right around the corner, a little over a week away. I do have one concern about the future 
of the Rockets. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville is the best in the business at a lot of things, but the one thing that I have personal experience with is the Neograph procedure, and you may want to get that kind of experience on your side, too, if you're losing your hair. If you've experienced pattern baldness, thinning, or you're just flat-out bald and don't have your hair anymore and think there's nothing you can do about it but the sprays and the creams and the foams that just mask the problem, you're wrong. The Neograft procedure can solve the problem once and for all because the Neograft, simply put, takes hair where you're never going to lose it, sides in the back of your head, and puts it where you need it most. Maybe it's up front on the hairline. Maybe it's up on top and back. It doesn't matter where it is. He'll make sure that he gets the hair from where you're never going to lose it and puts it where you need it most. It's a phenomenal process. It's an easy process. And for me, it was a painless process. And that's why I'm telling you about it because as listeners to ESPN 97.5, you get a free consultation with Doc and his staff that normally costs 150 bucks absolutely free just for listening to us on a daily basis. All you got to do is go to 975hair.com. Check in at 975hair.com, set up an appointment, go in, ask questions, get answers, and realize nothing on the dotted line, no obligation, no money out of pocket, just you getting answers to your questions to see if you might be right for the procedure. If you do go through with it, the the one that really gets me that I tell everybody of all the things they're going to tell you, 95 to 99% of the follicles they're going to move are going to stay, grow, be with you for the long haul, and make you look a hell of a lot better on a daily basis, boost your self-confidence and your appearance, and make you feel better again about your hairline. It's phenomenal. I can't tell you how great it is uh, enough because of how happy I am with the procedure. See if it's right for you, too. Today, go to 975hair.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent news story. Stop what you're doing and listen. Yes, Joe? Breaking news. Bobby Slowick. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Bobby Slowick has agreed to a new deal in Houston within the past few days. One that includes a significant raise per sources from Albert Breer. Slowick impressed multiple NFL clubs through the interview process, but he's sticking in Houston. He'll be a hot name in 2025. Phenomenal. I could not be happier. Ben Johnson, take notes. This is how you're going to do it if you're going to stay put. That might be something that you want to possibly do for your financial future, but way to go Texans and way to go Bobby Slowick because this is how you play the cards correctly with someone that you very much like to be around and work with. And I'm could not be happier for CJ Stroud and the offense for the Houston Texans. Why is Ben Johnson catching strays? Because Ben Johnson's a dumbass. <laughs> if he turned down, if he goes through two full cycles where he was not only a hot name, he was going to get offers if he didn't already get them and to turn around and walk away from two straight years of head coach money and multiple years of it and not at least get a raise for being a solid staying with the team that you're with, you're a dumbass. What if he gets the Eagles next year and he wins three Super Bowls? Jeremy, but you can't go back and recoup for the fact that you're making a por- a fraction of what you'd be making as a head That's coach not true. for the years you walk no, away. No, you take a bad job, you're fired after four years versus you wait two years, take a good job, and you're there for ten years. Absolutely, you recouped but, it ten but times if, over. But if you get eight to ten, or even if he's pricing, you know, if, if he's been pricing himself out, whatever. But just to say, let's say he gets four years and $40 million, uh-huh. right? And now he's fired after year four. He gets fired after year four. 
you've got $40 million in the bank okay. looking for your next gig. And I don't think anybody's going to pay you as much for as many years. And if you have to go back to being a coordinator for a couple of years, you're going to be making a fraction of that. But let's just say he waits for a good job and he makes the same exact yearly salary at $10 million per year, but he keeps his job for eight years because he's in a better position. Like, absolutely he can recoup that money if he, if he gets but the better job. But is there a guarantee that he's going to do that? There's and no the guarantee that he's, he's chasing money. But the guarantee is once you sign on the dotted line, you're getting the full value of that contract. So, therefore, you're, you're always going to have that. Yes, I think Ben Johnson can be a head coach next year. Yes, I do. 100% oh, that's I fine, But I'm not saying that. He could be a coach next he, he could be a head coach next year. Right. But is he going to get that same kind of money, that same kind of deal, and he's going to make it last as long? Because I don't this think his value is If he get doesn't worse. get a raise, he should have at least gotten a raise. I, I believe Detroit. he'll get a raise. I think that, like, it seems like he has a pretty good relationship with Detroit. That I would hope probably, so. He's probably going to get a raise. But if you wait an extra, he's, he's say you, he, he surrendered $20 million this, like, the last two years. $10 million if he was a head coach this year, $10 million if he's a head coach next year. Mm-hmm. But if you get the same salary and you stay on the job longer in the future, you're going to make more money. There's no guarantee that he wouldn't be fired after two years by taking a bad job. Look at Nathaniel Hackett. Look at guys that take over or or guys that took over a bad job and got fired after a year. What if if he would have waited a year and took over the Texans and had C.J. Stroud? If you underperform in a good job, you may not have that job as long. You may not be able to survive as long. But underperformance, I think, in a large part is because of rosters. And if you wait out for a better roster, you have a better chance of having a longer career. We've seen it in multiple sports where if you take over a team that's ready to win, especially a team that got to a Super Bowl two years ago if you're taking the Philly job, uh-huh. if you don't get that, get back to that level or close to it, they're going to be very impatient and they're going to be probably willing to move on from you very quickly. I just think the bird in the hand you got if you in the last two cycles – to pass up the kind and actually to be demanding of the money you wanted to get, but even if you didn't get what you were demanding, to pass up that kind of money, there's no guarantees you're going to make that money up. I just be, don't think the fair. raise is going anywhere, and Ben Johnson is is going to have a head coaching job in the NFL at some point. And if he if he waits out all of these crappy jobs and gets this really good job, what if he's the next Andy Reid and he's just there for as long as he wants to sure, be what there if he's and can name his price? But what if he it's goes to this bad job and he dice. gets fired in two he, years? Like, you can he, play the what-if game either way. If he Right, but if he's been through two cycles and passed on it, teams maybe aren't going to be as aggressive to pursue Do him. you think Ben Johnson will be head coach in the NFL? At some point. Then prob- you're arguing against what you uh, actually no, believe. I, I think at some point he probably still could. I think a lot of teams are going to sour on the fact that he went through two cycles and didn't take a job in either, I, either way. I don't think so. If Ben Johnson's the best coaching candidate and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to sit there and be like, okay, let's hire the best coach, they're not going to be, well, Ben Johnson didn't take a job for two years, so we don't like him. That's silly. He did uh, get a raise last year, just so you guys know. Yeah, he, I, mean, which, I mean, offense coordinator money, whatever. Like, we're talking head coaching money, so like that's kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But there, it, it ran, like the, if Jerry Jones... Jerry Jones isn't going to hold it against Ben Johnson that he didn't take a job in the previous two coaching cycles if he thinks he's the best candidate. No, what I'm saying is is that teams are going to be less likely, I think less likely to trust to, to pursue and trust him if he's walked away from two straight cycles where guys were actually offering head coaching jobs and wonder, well, why? And, and the fact that, you know, he still has never been a head coach in this league. I, I think that teams that are ready to win now are going to have multiple guys that they're going to think are going to be suitors for their squad. I think that could that could be a negative against them that he passed on two cycles. If a team is holding it against Bobby Slowick that he didn't accept a job in the previous two cycles and it prevents them from hiring if if they think he's the best candidate, they are flat out stupid. 
Okay. Like, like you, you can call them stupid. Should, I could say that they're going to be. You should hire you know, the best guy. Sure. But at the same time, too, it, it at least gives you a, a, a reason to have caution for why a guy would pass up two straight cycles of being offered head coaching jobs. Yeah, I just if I'm if I'm hiring somebody for whatever position, I'm looking to hire the best guy. And like unless they have like skeletons in their closet and I don't think passing up on marginal jobs for 2 years yeah, qualifies as skeletons in the closet. But the news here is Bobby Slowick. Uh, Bobby Slowick staying with the Texans. You mentioned like good for Slowick playing the game. Yeah. Uh, like, what have you gotten a head coaching job? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. Um, credit to Casario for just like getting rid of the noise. Not that the noise really matters a whole lot right now, but it like, okay, we can start focusing on offseason things. Yeah, we can start meeting thing. as a group and talking about which free agents we should target. Uh, we can start looking at these NFL draft prospects. So it's good to get the certainty. I would also say good job for Cal McNair like we like the owner has to step up and pay people to stay and in a salary cap sport you can flex your financial muscle in certain ways that aren't involved with the roster and the salary cap and one of those is coaching and Cal McNair has done that his entire career as the quote-unquote owner of the Houston Texans Kerry has something to say about that but he's been willing to buy out coaches whenever they failed and now he has an offensive coordinator that's still very attractive and hey yeah you might get a head coaching job you might not get a head coaching job but let's just put that aside for a year we'll give you a nice raise you deserve it i I applaud cal mcnair here for sure this is a twofold positive because one we've talked all along about the fact that with a a quarterback like cj and his development the last thing you want to do is have him to take and 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 spend extra time learning a new coordinator and or playbook and or terminology all those things all those things are not taken care of now you have everybody in place that you had from maybe Gerard Johnson goes away. But in terms of your OC and your quarterback, everybody's back. Those two guys are back. You can continue to progress forward. That's fantastic. And the other thing is, you mentioned this. Now they can start looking, truly start looking and already starting planning for next season. You can't do that with a guy that might be one foot out the door that's interviewing for jobs that might be gone. So everything's on pause. Now you don't have to pause it anymore, and now you can truly start getting into attack mode for next season because you know your guy's going to be back with your quarterback. Yeah, it's uh, the continuity's big here. Uh, it allows you to start those free agent plans and all your offseason plans, and it's good to just put a bow on it. Like, all this, uh, is he gone? Is he leaving? Is he staying? And, like, I understand it's the game, but it's always nice to have closure there and an answer, and it's really nice to have closure and an answer, and he's staying. And you, of course, want that continuity with a rookie quarterback, uh, king of Twitch, who's always a, a beacon of uh, – positivity quite a coincidence that bobby couldn't get hired and gets a raise there's some truth to that sure, play because, the game as well too but yeah. it's a business no, why wouldn't you do that no, it's it's just it's more funny than like a, a negative on anybody uh because like if you uh who was the person you said earlier that said that slowick was not really on the top three list for uh, washington graziano. graziano so if like graziano's report was true slowick's not getting a head coaching job and he was able to tran he was able to get interest from a head coaching job but not really like a candidate for one and he turned it into a race i mean maybe that's fine my i guess my own like semantics argument is the report from breer said he agreed to this deal a few days ago so he actually agreed to his deal Uh, before yeah it says it it does it It said said agreed to new deal in houston within the past few days okay i thought they were working on it so so he had his new deal before ben johnson even pulled out of the search so yeah, it's even better. So maybe that's why Graziano's report was what yeah. it was because be. he already agreed to it and he wasn't he, he wasn't going to any more interviews. Yeah, I'll take the L on that. I'll concede that. It's a good point by you guys. Y'all read the tweet better than I did. Um, yeah, maybe that's why he wasn't a top three guy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of you interesting and I was talking too. About it on wait. Friday, he was still top three for both Seattle and Washington. I wonder why he didn't. I wonder why he didn't wait. 
I wonder if he thought it was a guarantee that John well, maybe, would but, but, but no, 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 no. Maybe it's what we were talking about earlier. Maybe of all the quarterbacks that were out there that he would have to work with, being it in the draft yeah. or the teams that had openings, that he liked what he had better. Yeah, it's, I'm not hitching my wagon to Geno Smith. It's all speculate. Well, it would have been Washington, not Seattle. But it's all. But spec- he's talking about if you, if you take if you take the Seattle job. But he was never really on the table for Seattle. Like he, he was had, in the top three uh, from the Vegas rating no, on Friday. No, 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 not the one I saw. Oh, the one I saw, he was top. He was tied for third. I saw Washington. He was second. I never saw him in Seattle. In Seattle, he had one Zoom interview. Never had an in person. Washington had a Zoom and an in person. It always felt like Washington was the play there, not Seattle. Um, but I wonder if he thought Ben Johnson was going to take the job, or maybe they just don't like Washington. Maybe Washington's a dumpster fire still. You can't escape. Uh, even I mean, new ownership. Do you really bad. want to work for an organization that is run by Magic Johnson? No. The way he tweets about stuff, like it's. Hard no, pass. maybe they maybe maybe that's a toxic place to be. He was Washington. third on the Seattle list as of Friday at nine to one odds behind Vrabel and Dan Quinn. Well, where was he in Washington? Uh, in Washington, he was tied for third with Mike McDonald behind Ben Johnson and Dan Quinn. At what were the odds? At nine to one, uh, ten to one. Oh, so he was longer odds according to that at Washington. Wow. Okay. All right. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What are we nominating for our car wreck of the day? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Car wreck of the day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Killer bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five. All right. My money is broken. The ball's oh, coming see. through. Let me see. Let me see. Ah! Give me your ah! money, you prick. Where's my money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, time for our Car Wreck of the Day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. What are you nominating for our Car Wreck of the Day? 713-780-ESPN, 713-780-3776. Blankers, age before beauty. Speaking of age, LeBron James. LeBron James for the antics of a small baby child uh, last night on the fact that he's supposed to be a grizzled veteran that's still very successful in the NBA and maybe the greatest, one of the greatest players in this league, depending on who you talk to. You act like a child all the time. Ime Adoka was right. You bitch all the time about calls, and you were constantly trying to bait the officials all night. Did you get a couple of cheap shots? Maybe, but at the same time, be better. Yeah, I am. Uh, I've never been a LeBron guy. I think LeBron cares about LeBron. I think LeBron's a bit phony. I think he was phony in that game yesterday. Dylan Brooks barely grazed his nose, and he pretended like he pretended like he got shot. Uh, he laid there for minutes trying to get Dylan Brooks ejected from that game, and then got ticked off when they just upgraded it to a flagrant one and didn't kick him out of the game. He was yelling at the Rockets bench because, "Oh, you guys talk too much. Who cares? Let them talk." I think he was talking directly play. to Brooks still. Brooks on the bench? Yeah, why are you yeah. still worried about Brooks on the bench when you're on the free throw line and then he missed at least one of the free throws? I went, I rewound it and tried to see like exactly who he's talking to because I, I thought originally it was somebody on the block, but it wasn't somebody on the block. No, it was Brooks. It was somebody on the bench, and I was seeing, I couldn't see where Brooks was on the bench, but that makes a lot of sense. And then, of course, the whole thing with Emei. Yeah, absolutely he should be nominated for Car Wreck of the Day. He's awful. Uh, I'm going to nominate... Alex wanted to nominate Brian McDonald earlier for shutting down Twitch. I guess this happened this morning. I'm not exactly sure the details. Joe, do you know the details? That, when YouTube crashes to get YouTube launched oh. again, we have to relaunch everything. But apparently our internet on this Mac is not good enough to sustain yeah. YouTube consistently mm. right now. Here's a guy when so he shuts down one I computer, the other one goes down. What's that? It's Brian McDonald. I don't know if that's he's, your best. He's, yeah. mad, he's maddening. He's kind of maddening. I need more Andrew Luck in there. Yeah, I don't know if that's your best. 
Well, that if you go like that, with that's more froggy. Mahomes. Yeah, but it's kind. Of, it's kind of. I feel like we're we're getting there though. Yeah, like, I think you need to workshop. We need to combine. I'll, yeah, I'll keep working it. Yeah, yeah, combine about, the last two you did. You need to spend about three or four hours tonight mastering your Brian that's not McDonald's. Happen, I guess that over time I will continue. <laughs> to I would say. I guess that means Joel's out some more because he was. <laughs> you, you would not have a when voice. He, produces, he actually gets more done. I'm going to nominate Michael Lombardi. That fraud, no doubt. Joe had been uh, Joe had him booked a week and a half ago. I had him booked for a month. He had him a month ago, and I've sat there and looked at it every day. I was like, I don't really want to talk to him. I really don't want to talk to Michael Lombardi. And then today, Joe calls him up. He doesn't. He doesn't answer. Has he returned your call? No, <laughs> Michael. And we're Lombardi. trying to do him a solid promoting his book too. Yeah. I this just is- wanted to have him on because he's the one who reported that Nick Casario was getting fired after the draft. Oh, oh, good call. Okay. That's the only reason why I wanted to have him on. Well, that's better. That's a better reason to have but, him on. But, he, uh, yeah, we're not doing the this media row, like, hey, what do you plug in? And that stuff's boring. It's awful. All right, what are you nominating, Joe? I was going to go with that. So I guess I'll just nominate the <laughs> PR team that booked him. How about Rajon Rondo? Ooh, yeah. Gun charges, marijuana charges. Yeah. I didn't know that you could still get marijuana charges in America, but apparently you can. Uh, Rajon Rondo in trouble again. Someone on the text line said Joe George compared uh, Peyton Manning to Lamar Jackson. He did. He did. You, you kid to compare him. I'm just Absolutely saying, you I know, I'm saying their, their stats are similar. That's comparison. <laughs> they're factually the same. That's comparing. I didn't say Lamar is the next Peyton Manning. You're comparing the two. It's not the same. I don't know. What do you think, Blankers? It's, 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 it's semantics. <laughs> it's comparing. But, it, but it's, it's actually... I understand what you're saying, Joe. The stats are similar. Yeah. You're not calling Lamar Manning. Yeah, I understand no, that's that you're not doing like, that, but see, you that's are what comparing I feel like the their texters, two careers, six years yes, of their career or whatever. But like, that's what I think the texter is insinuating is that I'm saying Lamar Jackson is Peyton Manning. I'm not saying that. No, it's like it's like <laughs> the Packer fans I told you about that say that the first three years of Jordan or the first year of Jordan Love was almost identical to the first year of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. But inevitably, someone's going to say, so you're comparing Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> OG said Peyton Manning to Lamar, practically twins. You did compare them. You did compare them. <laughs> I guess. Um, Take the L. I haven't, How I, about Alex not picking that up? Car wreck of the day is Alex, who loves wow. to single you out, I'm not sure being the first one to get on that. I'm sure he nominated Come on, Alex, something. with two X's. Yeah, I haven't seen a reason that Alex has nominated uh, Joe yet He doesn't today. give reasons anymore. He just nominates me. Triple zero two out of the norm, but I nominate Kanye for wearing a Marvel-like costume than berating a TMZ person, but he did offer her double pay at the end. Yeah, after he broke her phone. I didn't see this. What happened? I think it's like they bombarded him. I think he threw her phone or he knocked it out of her hand or something, and then apparently to try to make good, he offered her a job, which okay, that's, good strategy. That's, he, is he still making enough coin to employ a lot of people? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you put it in a still? decent you know, yeah. interest fund, you're fine. all the missteps and blown Yeah, he's still, he's still raking in tons of money from like Spotify, I'm sure. Yeah, he's probably doing fine. Um, Just the Yeezys and everything that went south? I'm not a fan of paparazzi. You know what? And can you imagine doing that as a job too? No, I couldn't. I think my goodness, that would be taxing. Losers on the planet. No question. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of paparazzi. Now, no one deserves to have their phone taken out of their hands and smashed on the ground, unless you're like making physical contact. But sometimes the paparazzi does. Uh, I haven't seen it, and I don't like like Kanye's actions the way that they're being described to me. But I'm not a big paparazzi person. No, they invade personal space a ton. Let, let alone like take try to invade your privacy. Yeah, those people are scummy. 
Yeah, super scummy. Some would say that they killed Princess Di. I was, I was thinking that exact same thing. They Some did. other people would say it was the monarchy. They did. The Both. paparazzi or the monarchy? I double down. Double I dip. mean, she was under the bridge. Like, it was a way to cover it, it was up. It a tunnel, right? 6421 John Granado for being an adult man who celebrates his birthday. Outwardly in a commercial. Do you celebrate your birthday? I don't like to anymore. I mean, we'll go out for dinner. Yeah, that's not, not, yeah, but, that's not the same. Yeah, but but we, not, and we also, it's more for my kids that think every birthday should be celebrated with cake and oh, balloons. Yeah. And See, I, feel, See, I don't I want feel cake. Like, I don't want any of like. I think it's almost an excuse to get like a steak dinner. Exactly. It's not really or, yeah, celebrating. It, it's just it, like. It, it, you know what it reason. is? It's excuse, an excuse for you to be able to pick what's for dinner. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of good candidates today. Who's going to win? LeBron. LeBron over Lombardi? I'm good with LeBron. Yeah. I hate LeBron. I hate LeBron, yeah, I'm too. I'm not a LeBron, LeBron fan, either. But, I mean, it's another accolade. First, he won the NIT championship, and now he wins uh, the car wreck of the day. And he got the he's having coach a, fired. He's having a heck of a season. Well, good. It stops there, because his chances of winning the NBA title aren't good. All right. It's going to do it for us. LeBron James, congratulations. You're our car wreck of the day. He's probably going to flop now that he heard that. All right. It does it for us. Joe, are you doing radio next? That's very good. Thank you to Joe for doing all news. the hard work. More breaking news? Draw Johnson. Staying. Sweet. I'll send him a text. Uh, He's Joel. I'm Jeremy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Houston, Joe George is next.